0: Thanks for downloading our podcast. You can check out more of our episodes at facebook.com slash podcast or on iTunes.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to This House of Cards podcast, an unofficial podcast about the Netflix hit show, House of Cards. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host, the Fartmaster... That's a terrible nickname, my friend. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Uh I don't. Ugh. Chris Houston, co-host. That is Chris Housted.
1: Frank Underwood would be really disappointed with that joke, I'm just telling you right now. I know he, he I don't would not be started. All. That's okay. That's okay. We'll forgive it. Just leave it in. It's no big deal. But there is a lot to talk about because the world of House the House of Cards is falling apart card by card and i cannot wait to dive into this episode before we um get into the nitty gritty what did you what were your overall thoughts about kind of how things are slowly crumbling for frank
0: uh it it's 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 about time that we've seen uh some struggle some real struggle there's been a few you know issues here bumps along the road uh up until now but nothing that we've can't, we haven't seen frank overcome so this is our first chance at seeing something serious and it's just interesting where the where the actual um uh uh the the, the seed of this uh um implosion comes from you know mm-hmm. it's not some challenger on the outside like we all
1: were waiting to find <laughs> but we kind of saw this coming almost a little bit we almost predicted but we'll we'll talk more about that in the episode but i think it is right i think it's it is very interesting kind of how the the It's an internal disturbance that kind of causes this ripple effect. But, um, okay, great episode. There's a lot to talk about. We just want to remind everybody to go check us out on iTunes. Leave us ratings, comments, questions. This House of Cards podcast, of course. You can email us at thishouseofcardspodcast at gmail.com. We like fart jokes, too. Well, if they're a good fart joke. If it's a good fart joke, please email (laughs) that to us. I think all fart jokes (laughs) are good, but... That's me. What are you I've, drinking? I've got a higher standard. I am drinking a homemade Bach that I made a few weeks ago. Whoa, I cool. Mm-hmm. I know that did, how... It turned out pretty good. A bad beer will taste like Band-Aids, and this does not taste like Band-Aids. So that is a good sign. Oh, what gross. are you drinking this evening?
0: I have uh, Four Roses bourbon on the rocks.
1: Excellent. Oh, bourbon's always an excellent choice. That would be my second choice. So I appreciate that. Um, and without further ado i want to dive right into the beginning of this episode russo's son playing with action figures and we see him basically where the, he has a scene where it's like the big old action figures are beating up on the small guys and he says that's what happens to cowards clearly this was symbolic of something i mean what did you pull from this immediate like beginning i mean that's Pretty straightforward, exactly. You know, just kind of a
0: a, um, a theme that we're, we're we're seeing or that we're gonna see. You got to stand up and not be afraid to get to do what you need to do to make things happen.
1: Who's the coward here, Frank Russo, or do you think? I mean, are they getting... I think we're gonna find
0: out. You know, it, it it could be all of them at some point. Well, mo- mostly Russo in the beginning, but you know, I think that's just something that we've got to be. We're getting familiarized with. Thematically,
1: and we will see who turns out to be a coward. Mm -hmm. And right from the beginning, we see Frank meeting with Remy, who is becoming more and more of an adversary as this season has clearly gone on. Um, He's trying to affect the vote in Pennsylvania. He's not very happy about this whole watershed bill because it puts regulations on Sancorp. And he says, basically, that Sancorp is not going to stand for any regulation whatsoever. They're going to defy it however they can. So they're going to give money to Russo's like um uh, opponent basically
0: even though he's a republican which is even crazier which um frank reminds him of in their conversation
1: and he says that we don't care you know the leadership's still in power but what you want to do with these small players isn't a big deal to us as long as we get what we want so i mean it, it's it's the corporations playing a heavy role in the politics here um and Remy's becoming a bigger character as this goes on on the other hand, we have the scene with Christina and Claire kind of in the other room. Um, and Claire, or Chris, or Claire tells a story about, you know, her and Frank on the campaign trail because Christina, they're good. Okay, so basically, Rousseau and Christina are going to go on a bus tour with Vice President Matthews. And so she just kind of, seems like she's a little stressed out. So Claire is going to give her this anecdote to settle her down a little bit. And she tells her the story about her and Frank on the campaign trail when they basically like go off road and they mowed down some crops on accident and they ended up having to borrow some farmer's truck to get to the campaign, and it's a kind of a different Claire than we've seen. It's like there, you can clearly tell that she's like speaking of lighter times and of a different Frank. You know what I mean? And yeah, it was
0: it was very it was a young, fun, funny story that you have with your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife when you're younger, and it's you look back and like, how did we get that done?
1: And you know what's funny is the way that Claire talked to, you know, the ex-security guard that was in the hospital bed and everything was basically, it made us kind of feel like her and Frank were kind of had this like arrangement since the very beginning. But when she talks about Frank like this, or you kind of hear them talk about like, you know, this kid's talk kind of seep in, it kind of makes you think like maybe they were hardened over time and maybe it wasn't always like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure she did appreciate that Frank treated her like an equal, but it sounds like they had more of a relationship instead of like this strategic business partnership that they instead kind of have going on. Right. They, I mean, they, there
0: is love there. It's just a different kind of love. And maybe that's evolved over the times into this more of, you know, what we see as a a, a partnership love, as opposed to, you know, younger love with where there may have been more, you know, um, sex and whimsy and all sorts of fun stuff, you know,
1: but now it's a little different. Like you, do you said, think it, it's hardened Do you think it's fair to say that this episode it's kind of the focal point of this episode is the Claire-Frank relationship?
0: This is where we finally get to see Yeah, exactly, where we get to see them, it's been tense at times but we get to see it unravel a little bit
1: Right, because we've seen them endure to this point, like they have been able to work together even through like really tough shit, but in this situation like it's kind of finally comes to a breaking point You're absolutely right and so we have this scene in which Russo's kid Spills Basically like runs into Frank And has him spill hot coffee all over himself And Frank gets super pissed And he says like how he despises kids So does it, I was going to ask you Did this confirm our suspicion That when last episode when Claire said It was a joint decision for them not to have kids do you think that confirms your, our suspicion that it was Frank who didn't want to have kids? Well, I, th- I think it just, yeah, I think he answered the question
0: that we were posing last last uh, episode, which is, do they want kids? Well, we know damn well that Frank does, and he despises them. He tells us through our faces uh, um, he, that he de- he despises them. So, yeah, well, we know he definitely that- does. Claire, we still had some doubts
1: about. But then Claire takes Russo's kids to school. She volunteers to do it. And so right. it kind of, I think the juxtaposition there is basically telling us that Claire wishes she had had kids. Frank yep. doesn't, and I think that's probably all the more why the whole menopause thing is a bigger deal for Claire. Because it's right. like, that's, it's, 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 her chances are gone. Um, one thing I did want to note though. Okay. So Frank wears like a bandage on his hand throughout the rest of this. Is that just cause he got hot coffee spilling on his hand? Yeah, when the when
0: um his assistant handed in the coffee, she's like, "It's really hot, like really hot," and he's like, "Okay," and then yeah, so he burns his hand.
1: He still seems like kind of a wuss that he needs to have a bandage on his hand for the rest of the episode. It needs to be changed every so often. I way. mean, if
0: it was like boiling coffee, I could see it being. I guess, but okay, I, I don't know. Assistant I got burned shouldn't... when I was
1: a kid, and it hurt. <laughs> she shouldn't have been giving him that hot of coffee. I'm just gonna say that. But... <laughs> okay, unimportant detail. Um. So we kind of go on and the watershed bill obviously is obviously a huge part of this episode. We kinda of see this like Glenn Beckish type character railing against the watershed bill on TV, how it's an anti-drilling bill, how yep. Rousseau how can we trust this how can we trust this guy who's out against polluting, referring to Rousseau, when he in the past has been polluting himself. So we kinda of see Rousseau's um, you know, past with addiction finally becoming a campaign point in this episode. Um, and I think he's, he handled it really well. Um, So that's kind of evolving. He's getting ready to go on the bus tour. In the meantime, we have this relationship with Janine and Zoe evolving. Um, Janine is digging into the watershed, Bill. And Zoe is kind of acting a little bit cold toward Janine at first. She's going to go, because she's still, you know, going to pull this information from Frank, but... Janine basically is is on to the fact that this watershed bill is just a handout to the ship workers to get them on Russo's side. So she I mean she's a pretty savvy journalist. She knows what yeah, she's doing.
0: Janine didn't, you know, fall off the wagon yesterday or whatever. I don't know what the, phrase, what the the saying is, but she she she's a smart cookie. She knows what's going on and she's at times she hints that she is on to Zoe and Zoe has a source and she knows it.
1: Mhm. Well, and she really opens up about that later on when they're eating dinner. Um, so Claire's taking these kids to school, and they they pull out the origami, and that the same origami, you know, she's been doing origami. Didn't Claire gave? So here's kind of the 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 origami pattern here. The homeless guy gave Claire the origami bird. Claire starts folding origami. Rousseau, she gives Rousseau an origami bird that she made to give to her kids, or to give to his kids. Then the kids make her some origami, and she. Tells them not that she doesn't want it, basically. Didn't well, they, I think this? she
0: considers it. She, she's looking at it, and, you know, it's a very maternal thing to do. And that's why I think she realizes it and kind of has this realization and says, you know, no, take him to school. You know, it's she she doesn't she, want a she tries to put to in a
1: situation where she gets attracted to having mm-hmm. kids again. She doesn't want to put herself in a maternal situation. I think you're absolutely right. She tries to reject that kind of momentary exactly. passing feeling through her. Mm-hmm.
0: I love I love um, Rousseau's kids. They're so sweet. They make me love Rousseau even more because they're like they make you know they're bullied at school and they're called crack babies. Oh yeah, babies. You they, just I was going kids.
1: They're called crack babies and they're they, yeah they are really bullied. Kind of like it's a little bit of you you know Claire's kind of testing her mothership skills in the way that she's like well can't you tell the teachers and they're like well we're just gonna get bullied even more and so you kind of feel her. It's almost as if Claire's like feeling out the whole idea of being a mother a little bit you know. And giving it like a test ride um, which makes I mean I think what we're learning I think what we're learning about that is that clearly that's a fracture point between her and Frank that's been around for a long time and maybe it's a lot goes a lot deeper than we realized. Um, but so speaking of Rousseau, she drops the kids off, but Rousseau's having this interview with a journalist from the New York Times, who is quite bre- dressed up in fancy clothes, by the way. What, what a schmoozy fancy boy. And this guy's kind of a prick. He's pretty much confront, like, confronts... He's drinking
0: tea, being hella judgmental. It, it, it was pretty funny.
1: He confronts him on his druggy past and legitimacy of the watershed bill, and... You know, he's basically trying to push Rousseau into giving him some sort of f- juicy quote, and so Rousseau, he, I mean, he he plays a real cool here. He like Rousseau is killing it. He is
0: like being charming, and with, he has comebacks about what booze he he used to like, and he he's he's a charming charming the pants off that uh, reporter.
1: Oh hell yeah, and he you know he's like I think it's Frank they're talking about. I think he's like well, Frank didn't used to support you. Why are they on to you now? And he says, well, he didn't used to think I was worth it. Then he heard I had an interview with the New York Times, and so it's like the guy's obviously not going to use that quote, so it's like Rousseau just kind of played the guy, and I think he kind of seems to respect that a little bit. Like The reporter seems to kind of like the banter a little bit, so I think you're right. I think Rousseau kind of whims him over a little bit and ends up, I'm I'm assuming, getting a pretty positive interview after all, even though this guy was kind of a dick to begin with. So Rousseau's going to... I mean,
0: this is great seeing Rousseau be smooth and funny and smart and, and... calculated in a, Confident. in a way, but letting Confident. his charm take over and just being the guy
1: that probably, how people voted for him initially. Exactly. He's got his confidence back. Mm-hmm. How Rousseau got his groove back, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that was Minus, all, awesome. actually, maybe not minus all the boobs. <laughs> so, you know, Frank, in the meantime, hasn't really told Rousseau about this whole Sancorp thing. Hasn't really filled him in. You know, Frank's to be fair, I mean, Frank is not being fully honest with Rousseau about what's going on with the whole watershed bill. See like he seems to kind of tell Rousseau I've been honest. Him up fully with anyone. It's true. Well, and he has I mean, how much is he really throughout this whole thing? But he, he it's he knows it's a little bit more contentious than he kind of lets on to Rousseau, who it's not really fair considering this is the guy who's proposing the bill. But he, you know, says you know, Remy's going to be in his crosshairs. So we get, we get this... He kind of insinuates that down the line we're going to have a Frank and Remy showdown, which I think is going to be very clear after how this episode ends, and this is coming soon. Um, and he has this, you know, his classic Southern line, you know, as they say in Gaffney, never slap a man while he's chewing tobacco. <laughs> which I don't even know what that's supposed to mean, uh. really. Because like, <laughs> they might swallow it?
0: I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like you gotta catch him off. Write us an email. Let us know what you
1: meant. It's just one of those classic southern phrases that you're gonna be like, I don't get it, but whatever. So he
0: pulls him out though.
1: Yeah, so he and he has all southern all sorts of southern quotes to boot. But he's he's kind of playing in the shadows this episode. In the meantime, let's talk about this uh, Matthews and Russo bus tour. Matthews gets you know it pulls into pencil or to Philadelphia with Russo, kind of dick. Um he gets out of the limo and almost completely ignores him and doesn't really treat him like a candidate at all like he he doesn't show any real support.
0: And we yeah, we know why though. He's he's because of the president he has been just shuffled off to the to the sidelines to you know do stupid silly things and not do anything of of substance or value.
1: So, so he feels this, this is his stomach and this, this is, is where
0: over into this, like it's something he has to do and it's in his own state state and he was pissed initially that he didn't get a say in who his replacement was going to be.
1: He had been governor and so mm. he kind of feels like, I mean, maybe he likes that memory of the influence he once had. So, you know, he goes on stage and basically rambles on and on and on for what they say like an hour and a half and still doesn't introduce Rousseau. and Rousseau is just kind of floundering doesn't really know what to do. Um, and so he's kind of screwing up the whole tour, and so Rousseau has to call Frank, I'm just following the storyline through, Rousseau has to call Frank and pretty much ask his advice on what to do. Um, and Frank gives him, I think, pretty good advice, you know? He pretty much says that Matthews is, well, the real catalyst of this is when they're talking, you know, Rousseau realizes he needs to talk about the watershed bill, and they're out by the bus, and they're doing the press conference. And so he's trying to talk about how the benefit of the Watershed Bill, And Matthews, like, butts in and talks over him about how, like, when I was in office, this is how I did jobs. He's, like, outwardly, outright defying him. You Spotlight know? stealing. Mm-hmm. Microphone grabbing. And we kind of saw this back when he was, like, sneaking into the president's office and he wanted the pen and stuff. He's very all about, he's very prideful. You know, very, very prideful. And it's that's not ex-
0: like having power.
1: No, I mean okay. he does not
0: like being powerless now,
1: right? And that's exactly what Frank tells Rousseau is that you need to show him that you're a strong person. You need to appeal to his pride, and so. But the, you he know, he, he, in some degree, he, he kind of gives him advice. But to some degree, to his to, like to Frank's credit in this, he kind of puts it on Rousseau's back, like you need to you need to prove to him that you're worth it. And so he goes in and talks to him and. To Russo's credit, he's really forthright with him. Um, He, I I mean, he seemed really genuine to me. In this whole speech, he was saying, you know, I know you don't believe in me, but you know what? The people didn't believe in you for the first two times you went into election, even the third time, but you had to win them all over, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what you did, even when you don't believe in me. I mean, excellent, excellent speech right there, appealing to all sides of Matthews, I thought. And... Rushell's kind of proving himself to be the politician, like Mister Smith goes to Washington type politician, in the sense that like he actually is genuine in his intentions. More, I mean, more genuine in his intentions. (laughs) Well, but yeah, but I mean, okay, so he he wasn't able to save the the power. Still, he he does want the power, but at the same time, you get the feeling that like with the watershed bill, he knows that it's a concession to some degree, but he really does want to build off of it and get those jobs back. You know, he feels awful. Yes. We saw how bad he felt about when the Air Force... So, it's right. not just... It's not all politics to You kind of see that he actually cares and it's making him stronger. Um, But as we see, Matthew's kind of caves and he admits that, you know, he's frustrated with this whole VP role where he's just a figurehead with no influence. And Rousseau, I mean... Plays it perfectly and says, you know, I'm offering you influence. I want your advice. I want your expertise. I, you know, I'm impressed by you, basically. I want you to be my mentor. And appeals to all sides of Matthews. And when they kind of do their final, uh, the final thing we see, where they're in a new town, they're, you know, Matthews is up giving a speech. He gives a really rousing endorsement of Rousseau, And he, he kind of says, you know, I didn't believe in this guy at first, but you know what? No one believed in me at first. And he, he gets a pretty solid endorsement. And then Rousseau gives a real inspiring speech and the crowd goes wild. So they're out there on the bus tour. Rousseau's do- doing what he has to and winning people over. Um, so what's interesting here is Rousseau is the one who's succeeding on the trail, where Frank is kind of the one who's fucking stuff up. Now, what's your I mean, what's your take on that? Is why all of a sudden, you know, Frank has been so consistent, and we'll get into what he what happens here. But how is it that finally we're kind of seeing in the show, being genuine is kind of what's um, making Rousseau a success compared to Frank. I don't know.
0: if I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say it's completely a genuine thing just yet. I think people are trying to figure out what they want. You know, like what what is actually best for them personally, what they're trying to get. Um, Rousseau found his way to do that, and that's appealing to... Uh, uh, his people and to the vice president to get the, hit them on board. Zoe's figuring out her situation, which we'll talk about in a second, what, what actually matters to her. And Claire does the same thing, too. She's They're all trying to, they're finally coming to, to terms with what they need to get done and what they want, as opposed to what Frank has, you know, orchestrated them to like or want to do. You're so right. I think that, that's like... just all coming to a head for everyone right now.
1: It's kind of like up until this point Frank has been using everybody and spinning his web and kind of everyone is finally noticing that they were caught in the web and trying to break right. free from it. So you're right. Let's talk about Janine and Zoe. Janine pretty much calls Zoe out on the fact that she's got this inside source that's given her all the good information. After she buys her dinner. After she buys her dinner. And she says, you know, I know what it's like. I used to suck, jerk, and screw anything that moved just to get a story. She's got some good quotes in here. And she also says... But it's not worth fucking your way to the middle. Yep, and that that's seems. A, I've a, heard that
0: quote before from. Uh, um, I think it's um, Ellen Barkin. I think said that once.
1: And but, that's uh, a,
0: yeah. It's it's a funny it's a funny quote, and it kind of like it really gives tips Zoe off to reconsidering her relationship with Frank and what it really gets her.
1: It really resonates. I mean, the she... sexual
0: relationship, at least. I mean, the professional one. She obviously still probably wants that, but the sexual side of it.
1: You know, I, this is kind of interesting to me because I, th- you know, it was clear that she. I mean, obviously, it was a transactional relationship that she was in it for the stories. But I thought that there was something more to it. I mean, I did you feel that way? That, like, I thought Zoe actually liked him. For I, I thought there was a more of an attract. Like, I thought she was more attracted to. His power, too. I thought it was more than just the stories. It like, could be, yeah. Because like the I, way she pretty, turned... I, it, I felt like it was
0: uh, ambiguous enough that I never really knew which way she, which way it was going to fall for her. She liked him a lot, and she was just using him like he uses her, or if there's a little bit of both in there. But I think after this episode, we know that it's purely business for her, too. So much so that she will be a great actress in the sack. Yes. But so, I, I do well, want to point out before we go on with this one, like Janine brings it up because like her phone rings and mm-hmm. it's Frank and her cell phone, her iPhone says Frank Underwood when it, when it rings, like, why would she have this name? Like in like that very covert. You're absolutely, or, yeah. Or, yeah. Know, John Bob Doe Smith. I don't know. I well, I
1: mean, let's keep in mind that this, this is her first secret source. So maybe she's just learning the ropes. She doesn't know yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh Zoe your phone's ringing it's Frank Underwood. <laughs> yeah it's funny that she might as well have put like representative Frank Underwood Democrat I'm Georgia or something there. yeah. Yeah. Yeah exactly. <laughs> anyway. no, it's not not very covert so she's still learning the whole undercover source thing. Um but she decides after that speech from Janine that she's going to leave Frank waiting a little bit and kind of assert herself so to speak. Yep. And Which eat uh, some Thai food. And Frank is pissed. He decides he's going to go home and shoot people. I do not wait. Period. And then he bounces. That was tough. Oh, then he goes home and plays like Call of Duty and is just destroying people. And he kind of tells off Claire. He's kind of a jerk to Claire throughout this whole episode. Um, Won't tell her what's he going yells, on. And he yells, I love you. When she walks away. In like an angry voice. Yeah. Um... And he goes, you know, on this rant that you know proximity to power tricks some into thinking they wield it. What's interesting is, in some ways, you can almost relate that quote to himself too, because in this, some ways, in this episode, we realize he has there are limits to Frank's power, which we didn't really realize until now. Whether it's with trying to get the president to do something, whether it's with trying to get a bill passed, whether it's with getting the secretary of state to do what he wants, the quote, I mean, is just as. Significant, you know, is just as relevant to Zoe as it is toward him. And so they have a face-off at the art museum, because she finally calls. And, you know, she tells Frank that uh, Janine is looking into Rousseau, and he doesn't seem to have too much of a problem with that. Yeah, he's like, if you find
0: something a little more substantial, if she looks a little more around the edges, then let me know.
1: And then... She tells him that she wants to end their sexual relationship in so few words, and this is not what he was expecting. Frank is expecting an apology, and he was Frank surprised. is rarely- rarely is he surprised what does he say he what does he say later in the episode? I hate the worst the thing the worst thing is to be surprised or you know you don't want to surprise me is the worst thing you can possibly do um and you know what's funny is... like Zoe gives a very juvenile speech about, like, I don't want to overcomplicate our relationship kind of thing. And he is... It's a very mature thing to do if you're banging someone you work with. And he is not a big fan. He's kind of immature about this. And he's like, oh, no, I don't don't care. I don't give a shit about you kind of thing. And one thing I thought was interesting, she calls him Francis. And she starts using the name Mm -hmm. Francis. That was creepy. I was going to ask what you thought the significance of this was. It, it was almost like we, we, she stepped
0: into Claire's position for a minute there because that's the only other person who calls him Francis, right? So it, it felt like she was talking to him as a business
1: partner as opposed to anything else that they may or might have not, not have been. What did you eh. think? I absolutely agree. I think she's trying to talk to him. That's like the equalizer. She's trying to talk to him as an equal, equal, as opposed to within this power dynamic that he set up. And that's the whole reason he's with her is for this power dynamic. So I think that's it, that pisses him off. That she he thinks that, that she thinks that they are in this symbiotic relationship because in his mind he's just giving her scraps of news and using her as a pun to do his bidding. So he is really pissed when she gets kind of the in his mind the ego to think that she is on the same equal playing field did you think there was any significance to the painting behind them this like i wanted someone to share? email
0: in on that i i don't know and i didn't have time to look it up really but yeah i'm sure there is significance just like the one of the other times when they were at the museum they were looking at i think it was a rowboat with two people in it a painting of that so i'm I, i'm guessing there's significance um it was, a, it was a child, a gr- little girl. It's like a and, slovenly and a, child, a like, thing,
1: sprawled so. in a chair, yeah.
0: Right. And age and children are a big uh, uh, theme in this episode, so maybe it had to do with that.
1: Right, and it had to do with uh, maybe coming into maturity is kind of what Zoe is going through here, trying to find her identity kind of thing. I it was nice know.
0: seeing her make some smart decisions, I thought, you know, even though it seemed kind of weird because the first two thirds of the season she's just been down for the cause to get whatever she needs but now like one conversation with Janine and she's really reconsidering it it just seemed a little like, it seemed out of the blue but hey it was it was. A, I liked it
1: it was a step up she's evolving maturing it was a quick change it was but you know maybe that's what she needed is just a friend to kind of give her like a friend give her an outside perspective on there? what's going on who's been there exactly and kind of put things into perspective for her Um, so this relationship is crumbling on the other side of it. We have Claire meeting with the secretary of state, Catherine Durant, um, on this whole Sudanese filters thing, which she's brought up in multiple episodes and asked Frank to get for her and has not really been successful in. And Catherine basically says the Sudanese aren't responding. Um, you know, we're going to put them on a list where we can't do business, you know, can't interact with them anymore. There's nothing we can do for you. And you kind of see it in Claire's eyes that she's realizing like, Frank's power is dwindling, you know? it's. She, I think I think that she had thought he... She'd put him on a pedestal in some ways. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, she thought that they were equals, but she had certainly thought that he had more power than he does have. Now she's almost seeing him as a lesser, it kind of seems like. Or, or You know what I mean? Or thinking, certainly thinking less of him. Seeing yeah, him as weak.
0: I, I think she's just saying that nothing... Yeah, he can't get everything done for her, even though Catherine B- Bigelow.
1: <laughs>
0: not not who said this. I don't know why I was thinking that. Catherine Durant, uh, yeah, she can't get anything done, and legally, yeah, and she 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 shouldn't do anything either. But it is it is more coming down on Frank, I think that uh, uh, Claire's getting a little furious with,
1: and so they kind of have a little bit of a clash here when Claire comes home and Frank's. You know, eating at home from work, eating a bowl of cereal, stressed about this watershed bill, and Claire's kind of coming to this realization that Frank's losing his power, and so she tells Frank that you know there's she can't she's not getting these water filters through, and he kind of she's kind of expecting him to you know give her some sort of out like oh I'll talk to her again there's certainly a way because that's what always he's always said before, but instead for once he kind of stonewalls her and says there's nothing I can do okay I you know I can't move and you know I can't. Screw with international diplomacy, basically. Which is not the kind of thing that she's used to Frank saying. She's used to him saying, I'll get you whatever you want. I'm that powerful. And so she says, well, there is one person that could help. How about Remy and his contacts at Sam... At- not at Samcorp, but like Remy's other clients. She's like, doesn't he have other clients in Sudan that can help me? And Frank flips. He like destroys the cereal bowl and just gets, I mean, basically yells at Claire for questioning him, and like, he's kind of slowly been treating her like shit throughout this season, like, you kind of see that at points when they're treated more like equals, but he's kind of less and less treated her like uh, a partner, and more and more kind of done his own thing, and this is kind of, it almost seems like this is going to be, you know, this is the last straw for her, and he freaks out, and afterward he apologizes, and just says, you know, I'm under a lot of pressure, um, but he says there's no, but he he like he says there's nothing I can do, and then he asks a favor of her. He says I want you to talk to these congressmen who are, not you know these super liberal congressmen who are not going to vote for the watershed act because of the environmental reasons. Right. Um. I mean, what were your feelings on this scene, Frank's
0: freakout? I mean, we we learned kind of what was hinted at all along, and whatever Claire wants is secondary to what Frank's you know, um. Frank's goals are or whatever their goals are as a couple together. Like, you know, the, the $200,000 equipment, is that really that big of a deal? Well, it is to Claire, but in the bigger picture of, um, him doing whatever, trying to carry out whatever that ultimate, this ultimate secret plan is, uh, it's not, it's not close and it's more important at least to Frank and probably realistically it is more important. I'm not talking about the, um, I don't want to get into the um gender uh, uh priority here but it, it is probably more important for frank to get his stuff done so they can achieve more things together but this we what we do learn though is he really doesn't care a ton about this uh, well water equi- clean water equipment stuck in sudan you know Cla- and claire finally having this like fight with frank gets it and it sinks in and he tries to, you know, apologize to her, and and do, and, and in the same breath, asking to do a favor for him. And you can see her in her mind, just like, okay, all right, I'll consider it. You know, uh, I'll I'll do it. with time? So, but but then when that happened, I didn't know if she, you know, I I I actually did think that she was probably just gonna fall right back into her role as, you know, partner wife, and do him the favor that he needs done because it
1: seems like their relationship maybe has always been like that and he'll get her back later on down right but i think that she was finally realizing that he doesn't have the power to you know kind of have that symbiotic relationship and scratch her back like she thought he did i mean Uh. she's kind of realizing that maybe you know she always thought that in you know what she appreciated about frank what you know? What she said is that like she, He liked how she he didn't see her on a pedestal They were partners kind of thing But what she's realizing now is No it's not that he doesn't she's see me as a partner yeah. He's But he doesn't have me on a pedestal either But he, I'm just a tool for him I'm, He's just using me And he doesn't really care about the initiatives I have It's not like we're both co-working toward these goals Like she's working for his goals He's only focused on his own goals And is only using her goals as a tool to keep her happy To continue to use her for his own means and so I think she's kind of awakening to the true dynamic that she did not realize was there before, which is why I think immediately after this scene we see her meeting with Remy behind Frank's back. I know, I was like, "Damn. That's cold." Immediately. Immediately, right after he asks this ever. And she's basically saying he wants Claire to kill the Clean water, the watershed bill. He doesn't even, he do not want some amendments, he wants it gone. And she didn't seem to have too much of a problem with that. So Frank, in the meantime, is meeting with uh, these super-liberal or senators, or congressmen, I guess. Congressmen. And does this uh, toy demonstration with the same toys that Rousseau's son was using in the very beginning. Because Frank is the child. <laughs> yes, and so we have you know the two guys on one side and the bowl of candy that's supposed to represent Frank and all his power on the other side. And he says, but I'm here in the middle blocking you from everybody else. You guys are on the outside. You don't want to surprise me. He knocks down the toys, basically threatens to destroy them.
0: Yeah, I was a little disappointed in that, though. I thought he was going to get even crazier because he's like, I'm going to do the bruises, you're going to do the Band-Aids or patching up or whatever he said to Claire. So I thought he was going to like lay down some like more serious language and not use little toys to demonstrate... Uh, the the situation of how they are outside the whole uh democratic party on this um but i mean I, I i i get the point it was still like you know visually interesting but i thought he was gonna seriously like lay into these guys and tell them they will not get reelected. You, we will pull your funding uh all, all sorts of stuff but that that yeah. wasn't really said but maybe it was just implied with his
1: uh scenario set up you know what? I think you're onto something though, because it was it was all. I think what it's like in some ways, it's like it was all hot. It was all words, you know. And that's yeah. all. That's kind of what we're coming to learn is like it's just a representation of all Frank really is. Is like a manipulator of words. How much power does he really have? It's just about how he can get people to do things through his words. Maybe he doesn't have control to like not get those guys elected again, you know. But he right. does have control to like put on this stupid show with two toys and a bowl of candy and pretend <laughs> and that like it. <laughs> and, pret- yeah. and like, and that's to represent him or whatever. But like, <laughs> I, I think in some ways it's kind of showing the immaturity of of Frank and like that he, uh, I don't know, he's he's a, he's full of empty words. He, he's just, he doesn't he's not like this strong figure behind a desk that like has words that really can do damage or right. like has right. has the power to actually do damage, and so. You know, he goes from there to meeting with Linda and the president. Although wait the I do have to say when he when after he like knocks
0: him over, he says, This is the part where you leave. I liked that. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. And they like scram- they like scramble yeah, like, like oh. <laughs> Yes, sir. That was, yeah, that was
1: that was, I mean so clearly he made somewhat of an impression on them. Yeah. Um in the meantime, of course, Frank and is goes to then meet with Linda and the President. I loved how the President was like So dismissive of Frank after Frank is so sure that he has the president in his pocket after all he did for the education bill and he got it through. And he's like, you know, trying to pull the same shit he's pulled before in the education bill. Like, no, we'll definitely get the public support behind us. And the president's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. But you can have Linda. And it was just like so dismissive that I think that caught Frank off guard too. Because he thought that he had played his cards right to have the president kind of on his side. And he thought he was the master spider spinning his web here. And people are kind of defying him openly everywhere. Um, but he is going to have Linda help his cause, apparently. But we find out that Linda's got her own little issue going on. Her son didn't make it into Stanford, so Frank is going to do something nice for Linda and pretend, like tell the president that she's with him when actually he's going to let her go talk to the provost of Stanford or whatever and get her son in. Is Frank doing her a favor to do her a favor, or is he doing her a favor because I was going to see this too? I don't. Um, I, 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 I think partially it's nice, but also he doesn't think he needs her. And, right, I, I think that he didn't really care that much about her being there in the first place. He wanted the president, and so but do you think he's, it's a play for a future favor? Yes, I absolutely do. I think that's all. That's I think that's how his brain works. I think that he does not do things. I mean, let's just like we saw with um, to be nice. you're right. What's what's the uh, his um, bodyguard's name? Do you remember? It, oh what, the, yeah, just like we saw with his bodyguard, where he was like. That He didn't give a shit about whether that guy had his job or not. All that came down it, it, to it was like, well, how easy is it for me to do this easy thing? And that guy is now in my pocket because he owes me a favor. So I think that's just how he plays it. How he plays it is collecting favors so that way he can leverage people later on. It's not about doing something nice for people. Totally. At least that's my take on it. Um, he's still being addicted to Zoe. He's not giving her the bill count that she wants. And gives her this little snotty speech on the phone when she's about to go on TV about it. Um, and like, only continues to act more and more immature as this episode goes on. What was your take on that little s- 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 naughty conversation he has? as always about to go on TV, where he's like, I- "You can just contact my press secretary, and this is what professionalism yeah, feels like." And he's being a dick. I, you know, he's being, a, ba- mean, he's being a baby. He's being it, a baby. He's being a child. He comes
0: running back to him, or because she he said so- He says something at one point about how she'll learn her lesson, or like you know, you 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 don't do this. You just can't. You can't play me like this, and this or it was the, it was the quote about the power. You know those people near power think they have
1: it, and she's gonna. He's trying to teach her that she does not have it, even though she thinks she does. He he like look, Frank was such like a catty child throughout this whole episode. I mean, I'm talking about. I mean, they really seek to kind of paint him that way from kind of how he acts on the phone here to the toys and the candy bowl to the video games and everything. I mean, he comes off as like not this great scheming mastermind we thought he was, but kind of as a amateur baby who has a skewed view about how much power he really wields, you know? And just to kind of prove that point here, we see Claire telling the two liberal congressmen that, uh, you know, when she's supposed to be meeting with them to convince them to vote for the bill, and what did he say? Putting on the bandages after he administered the bruises. She says to him, to him basically... I don't care I don't care if you vote for the bill. I know that we're openly for it, but personally I feel like we could do better. I'm not that much for but it. Yeah, she
0: says if the bill doesn't pass it wouldn't be the end of the world. Vote with your and, conscience.
1: And she like and I'm sure that's what my husband would say. She so she like is passively insinuating that like Frank wouldn't really care, which they're very confused by because obviously that's Right, not they are Frank so was.
0: confused. They look at each other like, "What?" Um I I do want to point out that this scene was shot pretty awesome with the uh the camera in between the two congressmen uh, 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 um, with their shoulders out of focus and then Claire in the middle. That was pretty cool. And just her cool, calm and collected playing her cards to
1: get her way. And, oh, you're right. It was almost like the camera was painting Claire as a power figure. Here, it you know? was awesome. The way yeah. it was framing her and everything, you're right. I think it was that was cool cinematography there. and she does assert herself, and then she afterwards she calls Frank and basically tells Frank that uh, they are for sure. <laughs> and so he's, why does he have any reason not to trust Claire? She's never defied him before, so okay, right. I'm going to go ahead and mark him down as for sure. We've got all the votes we need, now let's celebrate.
0: So this is crazy. At this point, we have husband, you know, pitted against wife, or wife pitted against husband. Without him, That's even not what around. I thought was going to happen this quickly. You know, I thought, you know, stuff might happen, but I didn't think it was going to go, like, this is...
1: She's really screwing with the whole house of cards here. Absolutely. Uh, well, she's she's kicking at it with both feet, and I mean, so we have Zoe finally caving after Frank kind of acts like a pissy little bitch, and we see them having sex in her apartment. And but it's not like it, the dynamics back to how it was. She's mad about it afterwards. And she's like, is this okay? Now give me the information. I did what you want. I'm going to be your whore or whatever. And she rails, rails on Frank being old and twice her age and how if he had a child, it would be older than her. And he he didn't seem phased by it at all, really. He's like, I think you're trying to say this to piss me off. It's not working. And she's kind of like, why do you need the sex? What if I'm faking enjoying the sex? And he says to her, you know what? Sex is about power. It's not about... The actual sex. And he's. Yeah. He's Everything's a,
0: about sex, but sex is about power.
1: Which I thought was a clearly an appropriate quote for him. Right. Um, and he. And she basically says, well, if I'm a whore, you're just my pimp or whatever. And he didn't seem to give a jack shit about how she views him, really. He said, I just like to see
0: myself as a. Um, um, uh, like. Uh, not benevolent. So, like a very, uh, uh, um, he calls himself a John, which is basically someone who uses prostitutes. But, uh, um, great, not gracious. God dang it, um, I don't know uh, where he g- gives her lots of stuff.
1: Basically, like her benefactor, like yeah, bene- yeah, you know, like her John and her benefactor. Yeah, absolutely. He didn't, He doesn't care about. And like he kind of you know like he says like oh I don't care but he even tells us as the audience like. <laughs> What do I care what she says? She's just a piece of my puzzle. I don't even need her. Even though... I mean... So he's just like... Writing... All of a sudden, you know... After kind of their relationship has developed... He's just so personally offended by how she's disturbed the power dynamic... That he's completely writing her off. Um, and he's so confident going into the vote... The way this episode ends... We have the vote yeah. on TV. I, I mean, was, I was definitely
0: scene. I was definitely with Zoe on that one. First time in oh. any of their relationship where I felt I just felt bad for her. I mean, she she did what she had to do basically. I maybe sorry to bring you back to this, but do you think she was going through it the whole season like mentally as she is right now? I mean, obviously she's come to terms with it, so it's now she acts the way she might have been thinking inside, but do you think she really was looking at this now having seen this scene? As uh, all this was just a transaction.
1: That's what I was saying. Is I think that I think that there was something more there before Janine kind of opened her eyes. I think that she, maybe but she Jean- was like, "Oh, sedu- okay, I see." What you're saying. I think she might have been like seduced by his power before, you know, to some degree. Like yeah. she was at least she enough. Just, she'd been a lowly journalist before, and here she was sleeping with the you know this powerful congressman who was able to give her these tips that wish she was able to write these amazing stories that skyrocketed her career. Her career. And Janine was basically like, "All you are to him." is right. some reporter who he's can have sex with, so he can throw you a scrap here and there. And it kinda I mean it, and like basically it was like Zoe looking into the mirror of her future self a little bit and realizing like this is where this is gonna get me. No offense to Janine. But I mean like No, yeah, but she saw what what might be in the future for her and you know and Janine's great reporter and stuff, but like she said, you're she slept away to the middle. Yeah. And so I think that's what opens Zoe's eyes. I think that Zoe had a revelation this episode, really. Um, and so I'm I'm with you too. I think that Zoe I, I, Frank was just gross. I, Frank was gross this episode, but we'll talk about that at the very end. Um, so the vote, you know, the votes on TV, everyone is schmoozing as if they've already won the vote. They're breaking up the champagne before even all the votes are in, and you know Rousseau shows back up and everything like that, and everyone's toasting each about to other. Party everyone except claire who is like got a little bit of a smirk on her face here this is so this is
0: i mean i've seen this written about her character before but i really saw it in this episode she is channeling lady Macbeth. like that is spot on oh spot (laughs) spot on um who she seems to be constructed uh character wise after just kind of this uh uh minip- conniving murderous even though she's not murdering anyone but um kind of a, a touch a tinge of evil in her uh, mm-hmm. uh that she's trying to play her cards even though she is married to a very uh powerful successful man she she she's playing for her game as well as his so and then just like the smirk on her face yeah her she's so collected
1: because she knows what's
0: happening and yet nobody around her knows. Oh, it's and, so evil.
1: Oh, it is. And the awesome part is just his arm is around her, and he's looking at the TV so excitedly, and she's just smirking. And you just see that juxtaposition when the bill fails, and her smirk stays, and his face just falls into a fury. And he says, like, I, who lied? And just storms out of there. Like, everyone else is caught in shock, but that juxtaposition of her face and his face is just a perfect freeze frame right there when you just pause it and, and and see what's going on. I mean... I think that's representative of the whole episode. And so that was She says, awesome. what does she say? She, said like, she just goes like, such a shame. All that hard work.
0: It's like, yeah. oh my god.
1: She's just saying, sort of lying too. Stabbing she's, she's playing that role. That was great. <laughs> it's you, Bute? Yeah, she just stabs him in the back. So, great dynamic there. Great plot. Interesting stuff going on with Zoe. We talked about Russo. One plot line I didn't bring up until now because I didn't really know what this is gonna play in the like timeline of the show. The Stamper and Rachel little episode we have going um, on here. Yeah. Um so Stamper checks in with, you know, Nancy, the, you know, their secretary basically about how Rachel's doing. she says, well, she's doing okay, but she got fired from this waitressing job she had. So he goes and talks to Rachel and Rachel basically says that she was propositioned by the manager to pretty much Returned to her old job to keep her new job kind of thing. Like, he wanted sex in one form or another in order for her to stay on. And she wouldn't do it. She walked out and then he fired her. So Stapier kind of is a badass here. I even underlined badass. He, he like, goes in and sits down at the table. It's a fancier restaurant than I expected, really. I thought it was going to be kind of a junker. And orders a steak and then pretends that there's a hair on it so that way he can see this manager. And has this confrontation. Um, I mean, what did you, what was your, what's... Well, I mean, partially he's
0: he has to do this because he needs to keep that girl happy because she has dirt on all of them. And if he doesn't appease her, then they all go down. That being said, he takes it a step further and he's much more paternal in this situation than 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 just making sure that this girl gets her job back. He is making sure like he did his research he knows how to take this guy down with the uh, immigration uh, issues and uh, his family. So I, I think this is Stamper actually caring in a paternal way.
1: That's what I was going to ask you is I think it, this goes beyond any sort of you know him doing his political duty kind of the more hard-edged Stamper we saw earlier on we're seeing his soft side. I think for he's come for one reason or another to really care about this girl and I don't know if Somehow he's, you know, obviously he wasn't a prostitute, he was a drunk, but I don't know if he's channeling his own kind of background to shady behavior and kind of the road to recovery or something like that, or what kind of how he's channeling his paternal instincts here, but for some reason he's connecting yeah. with her.
0: They're, I mean, this, they're, 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 there's a big thing about parenting or maternal or, or paternal uh, relationships in this, even though they're not actually biological, you know, with, with, um, uh, Peter calling Frank for advice and Peter asking the vice president to, you know, kind of be more of a mentor and help him. Claire with the kids. Um, Obviously the Zoe um,
1: Frank dynamic and the age difference and the be your daughter thing. You're right. I didn't even think about that. There's a whole lot of like, Oedipal, like, and not just poll, but even like, you know, father-son relationship kind of stuff going on. And the la- very last thing I was going to tell you about is, or I want to talk about, is the whole thing with Jillian. and oh, yeah, that she was preggers. pregnant. And the way this kind of, like, seems to, like, really hit a nerve with Claire and really, this is almost kind of what sets her off at, at the very end. I mean, obviously, she'd already kind of gone through the whole thing with the senators, but, or sorry, the congressmen. But um, that only kind of further cements, I think, our theory that this was a real deep point of contention between her and Frank that we weren't really aware of till I guess, Adam brought it up. Until we got semester. hit over
0: the head with it in this episode. Right, right, absolutely. And it, it, right. I was okay with everything. it,
1: though. I liked it all. In every form, in every form. And so yeah. that's kind of covering everything, and we finally are seeing what we... You and I have talked on and on and on about how we kind of wanted things to fall apart for Frank because it was all going too smoothly, and it finally is happening. Finally, it from, is. Here we are, from the and inside, all, and of the,
0: f- all at the hands of Claire. Claire. Like seriously, with this one thing, she take she took out Frank. She she took out Rousseau. She took out. She takes out Zoe and Janine because they print that that the uh, that it's that the, the, the vote, vote is count. the wrong vote. Successful. You know so they she screws everyone over mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um, and Linda frank- she gets Linda in trouble most likely because Linda bailed on that
1: day every I and mean Claire, everyone's, Claire she's, stuff up here for a lot of people which I think it'll be really interesting to see the next episode and if the pieces are are picked up or if it's going to be all about kind of Frank puzzling things together and finding out that Claire was the one behind it all and yeah. there will be have a big showdown and um, I don't know, but like I said, Frank... You know, there's been episodes where I've liked Frank and episodes where I did not like Frank. This is definitely one of the ones where I was not a fan. Because he failed? It had nothing... I don't even think it had to do with him failing. It was just him not like... Some episodes he's on and he's just on top of it. And he really... Like, he's one step ahead of everybody else. And this is just one where he was too trusting of Claire. He was too trusting of Zoe. He was... I mean, two the thing is, egotism- he
0: never had a reason not to be. That's true. So it's like, I mean, he was surprised by two people. More so mm-hmm. being,
1: like, blindsided by Claire's, you know, back door. Well, hers was clearly the biggest betrayal. Clearly the biggest betrayal. Right. But it's, I guess the biggest thing is just, like, he normally, you know, in the past we've he's been able to see these potential manipulations or sense them coming from a mile away and do something about them ahead of time and like it just seemed like he was very oblivious to like clearly i don't know if he had a misrep like he clearly had a very skewed idea about what his relationship with claire was he clearly had a very skewed idea about what his relationship with zoe was i mean we're kind of figuring out that we kind of thought this guy had it all under control and knew like had everyone in the palm of his hand and that's not true he had a very he had a very blurred you know Disillusioned view of the world that every not everyone shared shared with him even close I mean it's just yeah. not the reality
0: he's realizing these women can think for themselves too,
1: yeah, yeah. maybe well, Frank's a little bit of misogynist, oh, I think there's actually dad. he totally yeah. is misogynist. he's totally totally is yeah, well, and like all the comments he makes about like Zoe like her parents paying for her apartment, or why don't they why don't you call your daddy you know like yeah. I, you know, Claire wants him to be an equal, Well not wants him to be equals, but I think that he does not have that in him. And right. so, anyway. Anyway, I give what, this episode a four. This episode. I don't know. I didn't love this episode. I don't know. I can't even put my finger on it why I didn't. I thought there was good parts of it. I liked Claire in this episode, uh, in her scheming. I finally liked Zoe in this episode. Um,. I just thought Frank was so gross. I mean, and like that was good acting on his part, whatever. I can't even put my finger on what it what, what it was. Like I don't know that if it just seemed out of character for me for him to be this off when he has been so on up until this point. Um but you made really good points about why would he not trust Claire and stuff too. But I, this I don't is know. I don't how get... He's reacting to, you know, a
0: struggle now like this. We're actually seeing how he is at his, you know, fundamental level of how he's gonna react to something that he wasn't prepared for right
1: i i agree with you i mean i'd give this a 3.5 i think i think that's what i would that's fair that's yeah i mean i was i still there's a lot of parts i liked but it just was not my my favorite thus far but anyway i'm excited to see how he deals with it and if he's able to put the oh yeah it together this
0: next episode's gonna i mean it's gonna be crazy probably we're gonna see the the fallout of uh of claire's uh move here her power play
1: is this the end of the Russo campaign? I mean, we, I guess we don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, how is he, he going to do it without the shipbuilders on his side? So, Anyway, yeah, definitely excited to see what comes next. Um, but anyway, so Chris, where can people uh, hear more from you this week? I'm on Twitter, uh, at Chris Husted. Chris with a K. What about you, Tyler? i to on twitter at tjmoss 11 we want to thank you all for listening once again please rate us on itunes like us on facebook and send us emails at this house of cards podcast at gmail.com um, until next time we thank you all for listening and have a great evening everybody this is the part where you leave i don't want to be
0: your friend i just want to be your love